I, I hope we can bring Penix home, put him put him in a Bucks uniform. I thought you were on the Baker train. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I would like Penix to sit behind somebody because he's not as polished. Sitting behind a great quarterback is what great quarterbacks do. Look at Aaron Rodgers. He okay. had to sit, you know? Okay. Okay. Baker Mayfield <laughs> does not equate to Brett Favre or, or Tom Brady. <laughs> I, I, I'm not Tom Brady. But Big, I think Brett Favre, Favre is a Hall of Famer. Not Brett Favre either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you you take that back. Baker Mayfield is no fuck y'all. Baker this Mayfield has to, put this on next week's. Next no. week is Baker Mayfield a Hall of Famer akin is, to Brett Favre? Is he <laughs> Brett Favre's <laughs> reincarnate? Pirates, we are born. Pirates, we still We live on our ship out on the sea. We rain and plunder everyone who gets in our way. Hey, 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 Buck Bros, welcome back to the podcast. A little bit of a different feeling this week. We finally got a win on Sunday, beating the Titans 20 to 6. I am Buck Bro Ryan, and I'm going to welcome back my Buck Bros, as always, Zach, John, and Bryce. And guys, like I was saying, it's a different feeling. We're back in the W column, getting a little ahead of ourselves, kind of back in that NFC South battle for the top spot. So, Guys, just give me your feelings overall. How good does it feel to be back? And what did you like about the Bucks game as they were earning the W against the Titans? Hey, broadcasters. Feels good to be back in the W column, especially after four weeks of consistently losing. Um, yeah, I think maybe we finally broke the trend of, you know, playing well against rookie quarterbacks, right? We finally made a rookie quarterback look like a rookie quarterback. Uh, Will Levis did not have a good day, probably put too much mayo into his coffee, didn't eat enough peeled bananas, unpeeled bananas, excuse me. Um, but yes, the defense was much more aggressive, played aggressive. Um, and it's good to see, you know, that's what you should be doing against rookie quarterbacks. You should get them off their platform, make them uncomfortable, make them have to throw the ball quick. And that's exactly what we did. Um, you know, I think what we had four sacks, a um, couple turnovers, or was it just one turnover? Three, three. Okay, three turnovers. Three so times. all in all, great defensive performance. Offense did enough. I know we missed, you know, one potential touchdown. Um, but nonetheless, Mike had a big day. Baker looked pretty solid. Uh, had one interception early in the game, but didn't turn ball over after that. Uh, running game was, uh, you know, so-so as usual, but – you know, the, Rashad White is still pretty effective out of the backfield, took a nice screen to the house. Um, so all in all, great day in Tampa Bay. Just, just to clear, it's, it is four sacks and one turnover. Oh, so, okay. So I was right with four sacks. And I was like, uh, it was just the pick by Winfield, right? Yeah. There were okay. about three interceptions that were dropped. So if you wanted to nitpick a little, you could definitely say we had a chance to add to that that great stat that we've been um, working on this year for turnover differential. Cause we finished, you know, level with them on turnovers uh, for this game uh, to Bryce's overall point. It was nice. Uh, it was a win. Um, you know, the ground game I, to me, when I'm looking at the, the ground game now, I am 
adding to Rashad White's rushing yards, his receiving yards, and that makes it look a lot better because he only averaged two and a half yards a carry. So he was not super efficient running, but he had 47 receiving yards. So if I add that in, he had a hell of a day, almost went for 100 rushing yards, if you use my calculation. Uh, defensively, yep, limited Levis, got pressure, he looked bad, had a chance to really bury them with turnovers, just dropped a few, Levante getting in the way more than once, um, which is frustrating. But it was a good bounce back from last week. It was such a disappointing performance from the defense. This week, they stepped up. They played the way they've been playing most of the season, especially against inferior opponents. So that was great. You hold them out of the end zone. Um, no real issues there. It was a balanced game overall. I mean, the offense scored 20 points. That's better than average. You held them to six. That's way less than average. So I, I thought it was a good balanced performance, but this is a team we're supposed to beat, right? This is a bad team with a rookie quarterback. So it's nice to go out and beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And hopefully we can do that the rest of the way. Because if you do that, there's going to be a bunch of wins because the schedule does kind of open up, save for a couple tough spots. So overall, you know, it's not a ton of complaints. I, I get to juxtapose this game against the prior game, and it looks amazing. Hey, Bucks fans. I absolutely loved this game. It was a great day to watch the Bucks bounce back after an ugly loss. And I know that was something that we talked about. We really needed to show that we could do. This was going to be a game to prove whether or not we were getting ready to fold as an organization or if we were going to go forward. And one of the things that really surprised me was Mike Evans' ability to stay in the game because there looked several times like he was mentally out of it and he wasn't going to be able to fix himself. And so whatever he's going through this season, it looked like he was, he was starting to put the pieces together, you know, and, and that was great. Uh, Baker Mayfield looked phenomenal. Uh, he should have had three. His stat line should have looked much better it, it, without that big drop by Evans in the end zone. Uh, and his one pick was just really it, it was an arm punt. That's really all it was. It, it wasn't anything that that cost us too much. Um, I, I loved it. I thought the game looked great. I wish we could get Godwin involved more. He doesn't seem to play very well this season. Uh, he's a great utilitarian role when he does get the ball. It's first downs. Um, but it's not, there's nothing explosive to his game this season. And I, and I think we have to figure out a way to open that up because having that two headed dragon of Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin is what makes us dangerous on offense. And I think that's something that we still need to figure out. Yeah. You'd like to see Godwin a little bit more involved, but luckily Mike had a big day. Like you said, stayed in the game, provided pretty much all the offense we needed. So I'm going to focus back on the defense for my takeaways because that's you know, you come after a 39-point game against the Texans in one of the worst defensive showings we've seen under Bulls. Uh, to that, I know it's against a rookie quarterback and against probably one of the worst offensive lines we're going to see. But just to to get four sacks, get the turnover, lend it then to six points, and really just feel secure in the win the entire game as a Bucks fan uh, felt great. Um, you know, it's something I've been looking forward to I did finally see one of those blitz calls that worked. Devin White just came unblocked to Will Levis before Will Levis even dropped to his final step. He was sacked. Um, so I'm glad to see that. We got four sacks. Bea got a sack. Shaq got a sack. So 
I thought the defense came out and played pretty much perfect, um, which is great to see, like you said, juxtaposed against the Texans game. Uh, it was good to see them bounce back and carry the game for us when the offense did have a little bit of faltering, even though uh, it looked well too. So great game to come against. Like I said, you felt comfortable as a Bucks fan with this game and you really didn't feel like the Titans posed too much of a threat throughout the game. So it was a nice Sunday to spend watching football as a Bucks fan. Interesting uh, on defense, though. Carlton Davis last week was getting torched, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, Carlton Davis didn't play Sunday. He did not play. He no receiver out. had more than three catches. I mean, the secondary responded really well after what happened a week ago. I'm wondering, Carlton, you weren't here. You looked really good. I was hoping that he would play and he would be able to, like, redeem himself because he looked terrible a week ago. So uh, there's still some pieces of that game against Houston that I, I need some to be remediated. There's some performances that I need to, to see get um, you know improved upon. So hopefully Carlton can come back and uh, buckle that up. Yeah, I guess to be fair, a little bit, Tank Dell went off again this week for like 186 yards against the Bengals. So could be the fact that Tank Dell is a lot better of a receiver than we gave him credit for. Um, but yeah, for sure. Carlson Davis, you're on notice, like I said last week. I The Texans look good against the Bengals too. So maybe a bit of both Tank Dell and just that Texans team. Uh, they seem to be firing on a lot of cylinders right now. Um but to your point, I like to see Carlton back because anything that gets Zion McCollum off the field is perfect for me. I still don't like that guy. But let's get into buy the numbers for the week. Uh, last week, I'm going to say my pride was a little tainted. John got the numbers way too quick for my liking. I did not like that at all. So uh, I went back to the drawing board. I got three numbers for you guys this week. Um, and they're a little bit hopefully tougher to get so let's start with number one this was a great statistic for the bucks in this game the number is 10 10 toes down oh you got it 10 okay. toes down how did you know <laughs> 10 fingers <laughs> uh 10 10 first downs by tennessee uh no it is a defensive statistic for the Bucks. Ten pass breakups. No, that'd be a lot. Yeah, well, they said it was a great statistic for the Bucks. It is. Ten tackles for a loss. Ten tackles for a loss. Ah, if anybody watched Rondé yeah, Barber's breakdown. Yeah, stay on mute, John. You got nothing. I was on mute. <laughs> the number one emphasis Rondé Barber had from the game was ten tackles for a loss. That is by far the most the Bucks have had all season. I want to shout out Levante David because a lot of them came from him. He had a phenomenal game uh, shutting down Derrick Henry. Hey, Kalijah Kansi had a couple back there too, though. He was impressive. Yaya too. The the rookies on the D-line uh, seem to be stepping up at the right time. Uh, Baldy shouted out uh, Kalijah if anybody saw on Twitter. So that was pretty cool. Let's move on to the next number. This number... It's 34.2. Is that Levis's QBR? No. These numbers will relate to only Buccaneers. Third down conversion rate? 
No, we were around we 500, were I want to say. Yeah, I think we were 7 of 15. That's Average good. starting field position? No, it is not. It is a player statistic. You got us fucked up. Oh, I <laughs> love the silence. This is great. What could a player, what could a player do about 4.2 times? Uh, uh, if I, okay, so maybe this will help. It is this player's worst game. Oh, is, oh, it, is uh, that the average punt yardage or something? Yeah. Yes, okay. it is. Yeah. Jake Kamara's <laughs> average punt yards for this game, 34.2, where he was averaging over 50. Zach, your stat from that little sheet got in my mind. I wanted to bring out a little bit of a lesser-known fact. Jake Kamara, not the best game, but luckily we didn't need him that much. So um, 34.2 is the average punt yards for Kamara this game. Finally, the last number. 10.6 um yards per play no not yards per play that'd be awesome this is sounds like an lsu stat against florida <laughs> does we'll get to that later oh man <laughs> yeah don't get us started now um this number is correlated to a derived metric i would say it's it's a next gen stat if you will i don't know yeah. man. I don't have any no idea. i'll all i'm i'm so glad that john has just been silent this whole time you really messed up my pride last week so 10.6 that is the, playing angry over here <laughs> oh i am oh i am you have no idea how angry i was it's holding inside um <laughs> 10.6 is the epa for Mike Evans this game, 10.6. It's exactly right. Yeah, you love it. Oh, I know you do. I'm sorry I don't follow AWS on Twitter. <laughs> I know you do. EPA, for those of our Buck Bros who don't know, is an efficiency metric. It is maybe what I would call the equivalent of war for baseball. It basically rates players against what is expected of them during each play. So 10.6 was definitely the highest value of any Buck belong to mike evans what is the baseline zero zero yes so negative epa He's is like 10. so if we're talking about war because that's like when like they'd be worth four wins above replacement what is the EPA? expected points um adjusted or something like that epa is like expected points so he, he added like, so yes his play added 10 points half yes. our points yeah gotcha okay could have been more i was gonna say I know. we'll get to that in a moment we're just yeah. we're just <laughs> we're, we're uh segueing into all the episodes so 10.6 mike evans epa again by far the most on any buccaneers player this game thank you guys for playing by the numbers um i'm not gonna lie i'm happy i stumped you so let's move on to the nfc south tracker like i said this was a pivotal kind of point in the season because Again, all NFC South teams played, and the Buccaneers were the benefits of the win because all of the other teams lost. That's right. The Panthers lost on Thursday night against the Bears, and the Saints and Falcons lost with a Jameis Winston sighting um, on their games on Sunday. So the Bucs moved to a half game away from the top of the NFC South, which the Saints currently hold at 5-5. Yeah, I was watching Red Zone with some friends. 
and the James came into the game and they're like, Oh man, he's throwing two tutties, you know, get them close. I'm like, don't worry. The interceptions are coming. He's due. And then, yep. Right on cue, two interceptions to end the game. In light of those standing changes, let's move on to our next section. Let's talk about the playoffs. We talk about the playoffs. That's exactly right. Playoffs? And thank you, Jim Mora. When we're now shaping up, we got some teams got 10 games, some teams got nine games, but it's starting to shape up the playoff picture and specifically the NFC playoff picture. And so I want to discuss with you guys right now of the teams that we see on the seven teams representing the playoff picture now, who do you guys think are the frauds and who you guys think are the gods? Who's going to be probably out of the playoff picture? Who's going to be steadily in vying for a top spot? So let me start with one of my buck bros here. John, you've got one of the teams in the wild card spot, but you think they're a god. Tell me who's your team that you think is going to keep going in the playoff picture for the NFC? A, a team that I truly thought was going to be out of it and is making – me nervous going forward in the NFC race is the Vikings. You know, Kirk Cousins goes down. Uh, they looked a little shaky with him, even when he was healthy. They immediately trade for Josh Dobbs. He comes in, hasn't even had a chance to practice, and he looks good, and he continues to look good. You know they've got the weapons with Justin Jefferson. I really think that the Vikings could shake up that NFC North race, if not the, the entire race at the top of the NFC uh, they've got a really nice schedule going forward. Uh, they got the Broncos coming up, which is a game that they obviously should win. Uh, that would put them at six, uh, seven and four. They've got a long way to go, uh, but I really think they can start making some moves in the NFC. Yeah, starting out one and four, especially losing to the Bucks in the first game. Uh, Josh Dobbs and the Vikings have put themselves in a nice position. Let's move on. Let's go to the fraud side. This might be a little bit of a take. Bryce, who is your fraud in the NFC playoff picture? Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a take, especially after watching this fraudulent team um, dominate this past week. But I'm going to go not so much that they're not going to make the playoffs, but the the fact that are they the front runners of the NFC? No, I think they're frauds, and that would be – the San Francisco 49ers. And I apologize to any particular 49er fan out there that is listening to this podcast, but your team is uh, currently all bandaged up. You know, they've got, you know, the, the, the ship is sinking a little bit. They've got duct tape everywhere. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to plug holes. You know, they, they look like they're, you know, riding the ship a little bit, but they're one break away from just being nothing. Right. Um, you know, Brock Purdy goes down. Who do they have? Nobody. We saw what their offense is like if Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel is not available. They're not much. Um, Trent Williams, he's, you know, very hobbled, doesn't move a lot. You know, if he goes out, they're screwed at left tackle. They don't have much. Uh, on the defensive side, they're a little bit stronger. But as we've clearly seen, uh, you know who was the worst secondary in football since our bye week besides the Bucks? Oh, that's right. It was the 49ers. Um, giving up almost 350 yards per game before this Jacksonville debacle uh, this, this past week. Look, 
I think we all thought the Niners were going to be an elite team in the NFC. They have shown that they are not. I don't think they would stand a chance against the Eagles. I don't think they'd even stand a chance against the Lions. So, guys, we got some frauds out in 49er land, and I can't wait to play them this week. And their starting offensive line is all fucked up right now. Uh, most of them did not practice today. Banks, Trent Williams, uh, McKivitz, the, none of these guys practice today. They're all banged up coming off that Jags game. And that leads me to believe that dudes like Vita Vea and Devin White, they're just going to feast on Brock Purdy. And we've seen what he looks like. I, I think you're absolutely right. When Brock Purdy doesn't get all the attention and protection of a star quarterback, He's a nobody. He is Mr. Irrelevant, and I love watching a team revert to the mean. You, you've got it nailed on the head there. The 49ers, and I said it earlier in the season, they will go to the playoffs. They will not win a playoff game. Bryce is correct. Yeah, I'm hoping I, – I know probably the Bucks fans are hoping that takes strikes gold, especially this next week um, as we look to play them. But we'll get into our preview in a second here. Let's get to another team that we think might be frauds. Um, Zach, you've got a division rival in there. Who is your fraud team of the NFC playoffs? Yeah, this is probably the fattest peach on the tree uh, to say that the Saints are a fraud, but they are a fraud. They might be the worst 5-5 five and five team in the history of football. I'm just going to give you the names of teams that they've beaten uh, as, a, as a litmus test here. Titans, Panthers, Patriots, Bears, and they did beat the Colts, which is, I think, the second worst 5-5 five and five team in the history of football. This is a historic season. Uh, we know the Saints are garbage because, one, they've lost to us. We have proven that we don't beat good teams. So if you have lost to the Buccaneers, you are not making the playoffs. Sorry, John, about the Vikings. I think that is a – we have a, a like a black touch. Like you're marked with death for death if you've lost to us. Um, they're bad. Derek Carr is a fragile fraud himself. Uh, they might be better going with Jameis, honestly, uh, at this point. They've gotten worse since Kamara got back. Their coach is terrible. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Dennis Allen, I believe, has the lowest win percentage in the history of the NFL for any head coach. I could be pulling that number out of my ass, but it, it's somewhere really low, certainly amongst active head coaches. Uh, is, it is, can't be worse than Urban Myers. Maybe there's a minimum games or maximum okay. amount of co-eds. I don't know. <laughs> it's one or the other. Uh, they're super frauds. Uh, they have two wide receivers who've gotten arrested this season. Uh, you know, Kamara beats people up in elevators. I think the team at its core is flawed from like a football perspective, from like a moral fiber perspective, uh, a leadership perspective. Uh, and they're aging, like they're, they're good players are aging or Mormon. I think it's a problem. They're fraud. I don't think uh, they will make the playoffs. I, oh, I'm really close to like betting a finger that they won't make the playoffs. But the division's really bad. I, they're not going to make the playoffs for sure. I just don't want to put like my pinky on the line. Saints are frauds. So not pinky worthy frauds, but frauds. Uh, you know, I'll make a pinky bet. Panthers will make playoffs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, clearly the worst team in the playoff picture right now are the Saints. And to the point of Jameis might be starting now, 
Um, I will disagree. I do think that he does not give them a good. I, we've seen what Jameis does, so I, I don't know if he gives them a better shot at winning. Um, Certainly more entertaining, though. Yo, I was just about to say it will definitely be more exciting Saints football. But yeah, it won't be a bunch of dumb passes to Kamara. Sorry, all the fantasy owners that are out there. <laughs> like, no, yeah. that no, was yeah. my gold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stock up on uh, God. What are the other receivers they have now? Alave. Stock up on Alave. Well, when he's not getting arrested for speeding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Uh, I just want to. I'll touch on my team now. This is a god. So, um, who we who I think is is really going to make some noise, and that's the Lions. Um, you know, I think the easy pick is the Eagles, but the Lions seem to have everything going for them. Uh, they had a little bit of a defensive mishap against the Chargers last week. They let up 38 points, um, much to my fantasy's team's detriment. But they always find a way to win. And, you know, when it comes to playoff time, that kind of experience is valuable. And, you know, the Lions seem like that up-and-coming team, especially under Dan Campbell, where you kind of put that energy, that feeling into it, um, along with kind of, the experience that they're gaining along the season and along the last season. Uh, I just think they can make some noise, man. I think they've got the the make of a playoff team. They've got that grit that Dan Campbell talks about, and that's kind of what you need from the playoffs. Uh, they're a physical team and they're finding ways to win. So if they keep this momentum, I do think that the Lions are going to make some noise in the NFC, maybe get to a championship, maybe even to the Super Bowl, but we'll see. This puts us into the What the Buck Bro for this week. Here on the What the Buck Bro, we're going to describe our biggest blunders or follies of the week. And let me start with some college games. Uh, we made a little bit of claim to it, but the Gators have a rough loss against LSU, Price. What's your What the Buck? Oh, yes. Yes, they did. Um yeah, it has not been a good season if you are a Gator fan, as I am, um, watching this team play because you hope teams get better as the season progresses. And what I'm seeing is a team regressing uh, pretty spectacularly um, as we go along the season. Uh, what I saw, I don't even think you can call it defense on Saturday. There, there was no defense. I don't think if they put any players on the field that LSU would again get 700 yards of total offense. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, I, the number itself is astounding. But when you watch them play, it's just like, yeah, I, I say that, but it's like you might as well have just not had anybody on the field because nobody was defending. They couldn't tackle, they couldn't cover. They couldn't do a goddamn thing on that side of the ball. It definitely put a lot more pressure on the offense to have to score every time they got the ball. But that's beside the point. Um, Billy Napier, I, I just got to say, what the fuck? What the fuck? That stat line is astounding for their QB. Like, <laughs> Heisman winning performance, if you if it could be. Um yeah, I think they played two Division II teams, and they didn't give up 700 yards of total offense to this team. So, yeah, I don't even know say. <laughs> it's like we're just going to stop talking about it and go to the next one. Um, 
we're going to stay in college here. John, there's a team that's not getting a lot of love. You want to show some love too. What's your what the buck? My what the buck is going to be the Washington Huskies at, at number five, which is something I just clearly don't understand. They've been at five for a couple of weeks now. They keep winning. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. looks untouchable. He looks like the best quarterback in college football right now. Uh, sorry, Zach. He, he does. He looks better than Caleb Williams. He looks like he's going to win himself a Heisman. Uh, I've been able to go out and actually watch a couple of these games live. They look phenomenal. This is a great fucking team, but you have to have in the college football playoffs these knowns. You have to have Ohio State. You have to have an SEC team like Georgia. You've got to have I, – I hate that – We've come we're, we moved to a playoff, but it's still picked favorites, essentially what it is. None of these teams are competitive. The fact that you can continue to put Oregon right behind Washington, despite the fact that they spanked them up and down. I, I'm hoping that this week comes with a loss for Ohio State because they deserve it at Michigan and we can move into that number four spot. But th this entire college football playoff ranking is, is just disgusting to me. It let it win your divisions, do something. But if you're going to play all these games with moving teams to different conferences and you're still just going to select your favorite looking team to play in the playoffs, that is a bunch of bullshit. You won't have to worry about that next year because they are changing the playoff next year. I was going to yeah, say the division winners will automatically make it next year. Damn right. Yeah. Yeah. Then they expand <laughs> it. Right. So you, you've got extra Eight, chances. Right? Where was Washington going again? Are they still in the Pac-12? Oh, Big Ten. They're in the Big Ten. Pac-12 only has Wazoo and Oregon State Oregon. left. And, or Oregon and they, State. Yeah, and they won their lawsuit, right? So they yes. are now Our the controlling only, members. Yeah. yeah, the only people who can vote on the future of the Pac-12 are the Pac-2 that remain. So next year, I hope we see an 11-game schedule where they just play each other 11 times. <laughs> Call it the Pac-2. <laughs> We automatically make it. We don't, hey, you want a guaranteed <laughs> playoff entry? We don't even need a championship. We got 11 Point games five. there. That's, it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. All right. Well, I, admittedly, I haven't watched a whole lot of Washington games. I do know they did beat USC. So, um, <laughs> they did. Yeah. Though, I mean, to, I mean, to John's favor, uh, Ohio State and Michigan play each other in the regular season. So, that would presumably be a moment that Washington would jump into Drop the top four. Yeah. Right. And then Washington will have a chance to beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, right? Are they in the same division? So they wouldn't. No, I think they're in separate divisions. They, I don't uh, know scenario. They, they already beat no, Oregon this playing. season. Uh, they play Oregon State coming up too as well. Um, in the Pac-12 title game though. What, what are the Pac-12 divisions? Um. I think they play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, they if might Oregon... not have divisions, actually. They might no, just be... they don't. Yeah, okay. So they'll play in the, the Pac-12 title game. They'll get another chance. I mean, if Washington wins the rest of the games in front of them, they'll be in the playoffs for sure. Yep. I was going to say, I think your doomsday scenario for Washington is if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship. Now you got Georgia with one loss and Alabama with one loss in an SEC championship. Well, and if, if it, Oregon it, beats Washington, you have four one-loss teams then. Oregon, right. Washington, Bama, Georgia. Yeah. But let's but let's not pretend that they would treat a one-loss Oregon or Washington team the same way they would treat a one-loss Alabama or Georgia. That's what I'm saying. That they won't. Yeah, well, right. I, that's I really, Bryce's whole point, yeah. Yeah, no, Bryce is, Bryce is a, like he often is, Bryce is right. 
And the price I, is always right. That, that's just how it is. <laughs> in, in, in this, in this is Let's why. Let's get back to Buccaneers football. We're doing top uh, two Bryce is always right. Bryce laughed at me for putting $100 on UCF to win on Saturday. Oh, so Bryce is I don't wrong. know if Bryce is always right. Uh, Come on now. I need a soundboard with Happy Gilmore. That was a spanking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know what the sound would be for that. <laughs> I, well, I let have me... a what the buck if, if, if we're doing what the buck, bro. Let me give a spanking of my own. I got to give a little bit of tough love to my guy, Mike Evans. Um, great game. And like John said, he stayed in the game, but he had to stay in the game because he had some costly drops this game. One in particular was a touchdown that was so wide open and he came out after the game. He said, you know what? I was thinking about which fan I was going to give it to and I just didn't catch it and I can't do that. So at least he owned it, but you can't be thinking like that and you can't be costing my fantasy team the chance to beat the number one seed right now. Uh, had you caught that touchdown, we would have won. I want you to know that. So, Mike Evans, if you're a buck bro, just, just catch it next time. Please, come on. If Dalton's listening, how the hell are you number one in your His team is team? stacked. I mean, let's <laughs> – What did you guys do to let him draft the number one overall team? He's Well, he's got Mahomes and Kelsey. So, it's, it's kind of like you have to wish for those off days. But he also has he lost to him when they were on by. <laughs> well, I lost to him because he has Keenan Allen who had 40 points and I played Derek Henry who had three. Um, so Mahomes and Kelsey and I'm in like fucking eighth place, man. Yeah, but he, he also has Keenan Allen who's had a remarkable season. He got 40 points this week. He's got um, Puka locked into Puka. Um, I have Najee Harris and Rashad White. He's just got a good team. Anyway, I would have won had Mike caught the touchdown. There were other things I could have done to have won, but that's not what this uh, segment's about. It's about me giving a little bit of tough love to Mike. So, Mike. The reasons Mike Evans doesn't deserve a new contract. <laughs> I'm not going that far. No, please come back. Uh, you are Mr. Buccaneer. But just just catch that touchdown next time. Please, what the fuck, man? All right, Zach, wrap us up over here. Um, we're ending with you because you have the last game of the schedule this week, Bills versus Broncos. What's your what the fuck? Uh, I'm, it's been titled Bills Blunders for me, uh, so that's what I will call it. The Bills lost to the Broncos uh, on Monday night at home as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. The first play from scrimmage was – a James Cook fumble. Uh, Josh Allen threw very untimely interceptions. Uh, they lost another fumble in the game. Four turnovers. They looked terrible. They fired their offensive coordinator today or yesterday. Um, they now have losses to the Jets, Pats, and Broncos. Granted, the Broncos maybe have turned a corner, uh, but... Their losses have been against teams they were supposed to destroy, and they've been embarrassing. Uh, I will say something nice. Uh, James Cook uh, had a fumble that he dribbled and picked up while still running, which was sick uh, for sure. But um, uh, I guess they had James Cook. I don't know if they scored it as a fumble. He know I know he lost the fumble on the first snap, and then there was an exchange issue. So they either gave it to Allen or Cook. But regardless, two of the guys that touched the ball the most on your offense can't keep the ball, uh, you know, in, in possession. So 
they're making a ton of mistakes. They have such a stacked team and the highest expectations every season. And they just laid an egg and they continue to stub their toe like against teams they should destroy. Yeah, not to mention the penalty at the end of the game that cost them the game. Insane to get that break of the guy pushing in that field goal and then a 12th man. And like what's crazy about that is the Broncos, who did this twice, by the way, ran their field goal unit on with no timeouts. So they had their team ready to run on the field, special teams. They did it at the end of the half. And then they did it in this scenario too. I mean, there's more time, but regardless, they're running on to make this have to have it field goal with no timeout, no collected thought. They're just booking it. And you just have to go out and defend it. You don't have to kick it. And you are the one who runs extra men onto the field. It's just wild. Um, Obviously, they fired a coordinator, so they're upset. But insane game to lose like that. At least it wasn't leaping. Could be worse. The old, be, yeah, old Monday night. Worse. The curse of the Monday night, late night. Right. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that will wrap it up for what the buck for this week. And that will wrap up week 10. Let's move on to week 11. And the Bucks. Now head outside. We're actually going to San Francisco. Four o'clock game against the 49ers. Guys, what are you guys looking for the Bucks to do to come out against the fraudulent 49ers with a W? You do what makes this team great. You slow down their run game. You shut down their one-dimensional fucking offense, which is their running back and Christian McCaffrey. And then you get after Mr. Irrelevant and you shake him up. And I mean, that's all you really got to do. If you can do those two things that we've seen that that team falls apart and that they can fall apart at the seams. And so you just hope that Vita Vea and Yaya Diaby and Shaq Barrett and those guys want to make a statement and they go out there and they fucking put it on them. And I believe that they do. And it's been an up and down season for us, but if we can win this game, we're going to the playoffs. That's how I feel about it. As, as far as I'm concerned, if this, not if we lose, we won't go, but I'm saying if we can catch a W on this one, that's you write them up, you chalk, you, you chisel them in dog. Cause it's going to be happening. Well, and yeah, Zach mentioned, if we win this game, then the Niners are essentially not going to the playoffs because we are the black plague apparently of the league. Um, but yeah, I agree, John, uh, definitely on the defensive side of the ball, get after Purdy. We can get after Purdy. Um, get him uncomfortable. Uh, he will not be as good. <laughs> to your point, he'll be Mr. Irrelevant, right? He'll be throwing some interceptions. Uh, he won't be hitting all those you know weapons he's got. But they are, you know, they have a solid offense. It's going to be quite a task. And then on the other side of the ball, they've got quite the defense as well. Um, got to protect Baker. And then the key of the game for me is keep doing what we're doing. Not, don't turn the ball over. Win the turnover battle. We can do that, and we've consistently done that um, this season. I'll say, you know, that's been a point of emphasis that we we've, we've done pretty good this season. Um, don't let the other team, you know, take the ball away. So that, I think that's imperative. Keep Baker up. Um, I doubt we're going to have any run game, so why even bother talking about it? Uh, <laughs> use shot White out of the backfield for his receiving option, um, and yeah, just keep it close and hope for a chance. Yeah, if you use my uh, 
my rushing yards calculator for Rashad White. He'll, he'll hopefully have a decent day. Um, if I'm Todd, I am just going to pull up the game from last year and show everyone what happened and say, don't let that happen again. Cause that was one of the most embarrassing games I've ever seen. Brock Purdy's parents were there. They act like he was homecoming King. Like they're crying and it's insane. It's demoralizing as a fan to watch that. I hate that it's on the road. I hate that it's long travel. Love that it's a four o'clock game. Cause I can watch red zone. That's a key to the game. Uh, McCaffrey is someone that we are familiar with as a team, and I'd like to think that we can game plan for him. Um, uh, it's, it shouldn't surprise anyone uh, what he's doing. I mean, there's a lot of players that have been on the team long enough to have played against him twice a year. So uh, hopefully they're prepared for that because that's it's just hard to counter that. I think what you did against Kamara has got to be the blueprint. He can get 13 balls but just swarm to him and just make sure tackles. Um, Kittle's a problem mismatch for us. I think tight ends tend to be tough for us because our linebackers are not the best coverage linebackers. And then like the last thing you want to do is have to put like Antoine or someone on him and like lose him, you know, roaming around. So hopefully they have a game plan for Kittle. It's just a dangerous offense. It's a gadget offense too. So, like, I, I have, like, if I close my eyes and think about what might happen, I can see Devin White being five yards past the play because he got turned around on an end around. So, hopefully they stay grounded, uh, fundamental, player assignment on defense. On offense for us, that's tough. That's a tough look uh, because their defense is full of killers. So, Bryce is right. Limit mistakes. If there's one thing Todd could do, it's slow a game down and play conservative. So, you know, go ahead. Um, I, I hope it's a game that's low scoring because I just don't think we have the, the tools to win a shootout against them. But I, it's a Sunday. I mean, there's definitely a chance. You know, they're not gods. You know, they're plenty fallible. Um, hopefully we go out there and, and do a good job. But I don't know. Is there a key? There's a key in there somewhere, right? There's a couple keys. You said it. Yeah, the key is they're not gods. The I was just about we to say the frauds. The frauds. That. That's <laughs> the key. Right. I, I, you know, it, it was interesting. So I went and looked it up. Christian McCaffrey being from our division, uh, he only averages 58 yards a game against the Buccaneers. Christian McCaffrey. I was gonna Go say, um, you know, when I look at this game, there are familiarity with Christian McCaffrey and also just the linebacking core that we have and the, the play I've seen from them, you know, um, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to be our biggest worry. I think, you know, last year it was Brock Purdy just throwing all over us. Um, so I, I'm more worried about the Kittles and the Samuels and the, and the Iukes, um, than Christian McCaffrey in this game. Um, so I think we're going to have a tough time on both sides of the ball. I like to see us cover well. I'd like to see us scheme um, and get, again, Brock Purdy uncomfortable on the defensive side of the ball. And then on the offensive side of the ball, like you said, they've got a stacked defense um, and they just got Chase Young, which is unfair a little bit. So I think really one of the keys to the game is getting a tight end involved, maybe, maybe Cade or something. Get him in on the sideline, you know, the San Francisco 49 line, 
uh, 49er sideline and just take Kyle Shanahan out. We've got a propensity to do that, maybe break his leg or something, um, because we have the defense that likes to pursue to the ball, and they have the offense that likes to manipulate that, and I'm scared. So if we can get the play calling out of Kyle Shanahan's hands, uh, we stand a much better chance. We've got I've seen it happen before with Sean Payton. Just take him out of the game. That's my number one key. It's diabolical. Fuck him, dog. Hit him. Yeah, no, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Any given Sunday, bitch. Well, well, we what that? Should have stood so close to the sideline, motherfucker. Get your ass in the box. Put, put them pads on. Put them pads on. Think you're so if tough. we can get Purdy right, out. Big sheep dog going to protect your legs there when I take him out. If we could get Purdy out, we could have a nice Panthers reunion with Sam Darnold out there, too. Lord knows we know how to play against him. That's true. To John's it's, point. Uh, the Panthers Purdy. reunion for Sam Darnold, though, it's, it just doesn't have the legacy of McCaffrey. He was there for like one year. Key to the game. Uh, just go after everybody's knees. Bounty gate. Key to the Bounty game. Gate, yeah. Bounty gate. <laughs> no, you all raise a good point. They're banged up. Who are they more afraid of playing? Like, are we more afraid of playing their offense? Are they more afraid of getting beaten up by guys like Vita Vey and Shaq Barrett? There was a clip from their game against the Jags where a defender saw um, oh, Trent Williams running out to block him, and he turned around and ran away. People are scared to play against some of those 49ers players. Yeah, but Trent, Trent might not play. He might not play every week, and then he plays. Man, I'm not afraid of everybody. Fucking <laughs> if you should be afraid of nuts. anybody, it is Trent Williams. <laughs> that is John a quarterback, all right? I wouldn't <laughs> want to fuck Bro, Williams. everybody's gobbling his nuts, bro. I, fuck Trent Williams, bro. He's a bitch. Tell to his face. I'd pay. I'd I'd pay you to do it. You, you know <laughs> that I, I'm not saying he wouldn't kill me. But I would <laughs> break you too. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't encourage you to do that. That's, that's like that's like John would meet his death. He would. I'm not afraid to make my maker, you bitch. <laughs> that's the difference between me. That's the difference between me and him. I ain't a bitch. He's been <laughs> and a bitch. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. So the Bucks play the 49ers this week. Um, and we're moving on to our fantasy picks for this week. Let's first recap how we did last week. Zach, do you have the standings from our picks from last week? I do. Yes. Okay. Um, last week, I'll go here in no particular order. Um, John had Dak Prescott and Chris Godwin. That got him 48.26 points, which is a season high for John. Was really hood. Yep. Uh, that pushes John up to a total of 279. 12 uh next uh let's see ryan had uh adam thielen and mike evans which gave him a score of 36 and a half bringing his season total to 320.04 next we had bryce who had a combination of trevor lawrence and baker mayfield to qb that got him a total of 23. 4-2, bringing All his Baker. total. Yeah. Fucking Trevor Lawrence. All Baker. <laughs> which which brings Bryce's total to 320.84. Uh, 
paying attention, that means that he has a 0.8 lead over Ryan, who has surged all the way back into the race. And then last is me, who had a combination of C.D. Lamb and Rashad White for a season-high 57.3 and brings my total up to 355.82, starting to separate a little bit from the pack. See if we can't keep it going. Wait, am I am I back like eighty points? <laughs> you are back seventy six points. The guy who picked <laughs> Chuba Hubbard and Will Levis. Wondering yeah, you have, you have Daniel Jones back. for the win. You did take Danny Dimes, but you know what? Uh, you do not have the lowest single week performance. That honor is still Bryce's. Dubs, I get to pick first this week. You do. I have no idea. I don't know who picks when. I just I pick when Ryan nods that it's my turn to pick. John is picking first this week. Bucks players, John. I'll share this screen so you can see who's available. Oh, I uh I gotta have him. I gotta have the man. Give me Mike Evans. Yeah, put me down, put me down. I like it. I'm gonna take uh as as the person going second, I'm going to take Rashad. I think he's going to have catch us out of the backfield. I'm going for volume. Oh man. I don't know if Baker's gonna have a good day. Yeah, fuck it. Take I'm not taking Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I will take Chris Godwin. Naturally. Yes. It's really <laughs> close. Like four options. Yeah. I was really close to taking uh, Trey Palmer, but Mm. Cade Otten with Cade the... Otten <laughs> with the with the single best play he could make. <laughs> How many fantasy points is taken out the coach? Come on now, fifty. Automatic fifty points. Oh, my first up then for the you are yes, oh, yes sir. Okay. Mm. Uh, I feel like I could just snipe John and take Josh Dobbs, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let him have it. I feel like that's 100% who he's going to take. Uh, has he been taken? I will take Saquon. Has he been taken? No, he hasn't. I will take Saquon. Whoops, Saquon Barkley. Still All think. right. Well, let me go with CJ Stroud. Uh, I'm going to go with Jammer Gibbs, the Detroit Lions running back. Okay. Then we're there gonna... it is. Yeah, you can go ahead and mark it down. Yeah, I you typed it out. Josh, want... You got to say it, John. Who is it? I want Josh Dobbs against the Broncos this week. Give me him. All righty. Yeah. He's yours. Fantasy picks locked in, gentlemen. Good luck this week. Josh Let's Dobbs try to break awesome. that with 57.3. <laughs> and John has closed the gap within one week. <laughs> Josh, I, I need a sixty yard. I need a sixty point performance to get back in the game. <laughs> I'm running well, out of weeks here. Let's see how it shapes up. Let's move on to our first tracker, our um, trivia question of the week. And if I'm not mistaken. We have the same trivia question. Bryce, as social media manager, do you want to explain what our trivia question is this week? 
Yes, sure. Um, sorry, sorry to all the you know followers out there that were expecting a trivia question from last week. That is my fault as social media manager of this account. Um, but anyway, the trivia question this week is: Which Bucks quarterback led the Bucks to their first winning season in franchise history? You'd already know this if you listened to our previous podcast because it hasn't changed. Uh, but it will be on Instagram this week, I promise. And we will reach out to the winner of the previous one this week as well. Uh, so, you know, I, I thank you for your patient, Buck Bro fans. Uh, won't happen again. Buck Bros, if you want a chance to win this week, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Buck Bros TB. Like Bryce said, the question will be posted there. You guys will have a chance to win. Who was the quarterback who manned the Bucks' first winning season? Great question. Let's get to our college football tracker and Caleb Williams. Zach, what is the latest on Caleb? Another loss. That's four losses in the last five games for USC. Caleb did not play particularly well in this game. Uh it is, I believe it was his lowest completion percentage, uh, 56%. Not great. Uh, say something nice, didn't turn the ball over. But the team just, they're definitely being outmatched. Uh, they played Washington and Oregon the last two weeks. Um, teams five and six in the country. So um, Caleb had one touchdown uh, through the air and one on the ground. Um He's still going to go one overall, obviously. You know, you can't play every position. But he's doing everything he can to maybe move into the the Bucks range, which I appreciate. All right, Buck Bros. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We thank you guys, as always, for joining us on the podcast. We hope you guys are enjoying your Bucks season of football just as much as we are. We want to thank you guys for listening. And we're going to end this episode, like we always do, with a Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Plus eleven and a half. Give it to us. Plus eleven and a half. Favorites. I wish I was going to Vegas this weekend because I'd absolutely take us up outright. The, I am oh, taking. The total is forty-one and a half, and on an eleven and a half point spread. <laughs> <laughs> they don't see us doing shit. <laughs>